Welcome to the Abundant Attraction Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Wilkinson, a mindset and manifestation coach. Here we talk about the law of attraction and cultivating an abundance mentality. We explore how to overcome your limiting beliefs and blocks so you can create online wealth and success through your purpose work. Are you ready to attract an abundant freedom lifestyle? Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited for today's episode. This wasn't planned at all, but I've been posting a little bit about this topic on my social media, and I've been getting great feedback. You guys have been trying it, and I've been getting requests to record this podcast. So here we go. This is definitely something I am really passionate about since I was a kinesiologist. I studied kinesiology at university and really how our health and our body works and how it's intrinsically linked with your mind and how you can take control of your health through deepening your relationship with your own body. So I'm excited for this episode. I'm sure so many of you are too. So let's get straight into it. So how can we really improve our health, heal our body through thoughts, beliefs, and manifestation? First off, I have to say this disclaimer that this is by no means here to replace any procedure, protocol, medication, anything that you are doing, but rather is just a process and a technique that you can use if you are experiencing, you know, some small symptoms or pain, or if you are or you have a medical condition and just want to kind of fast track your progress, just as I did when five years ago, I was very, very ill and on the healing journey. So I've definitely been there. I've tried these techniques and now come up with a way that really does work. And in the past two years, I have been healthier than I've ever been in my entire life. I have not caught a cold or flu in that amount of time. And I am really in pain. I really experience symptoms because again, I have used these techniques and I understand how my mind influences my body and my health. So first of all, I'm going to give you a little introduction into how the mind does influence the body. Now we can use that knowledge to our benefit, leverage manifestation to then create the desired life that we want to live. So first of all, it's important to understand that our mind and our body are inextricably linked, right? You cannot separate the two. And that's why it's sometimes confusing that we have, you know, doctors to treat physical things. And then we have psychologists and psychiatrists to diagnose and treat mental illnesses. But really, they are so, so inseparable and should be treated as such. And that is why I do love kinesiology because it is a practice where we look at the mind and body as a whole and see all the links and relationships between the two. But this is the first important thing. Your mind and body are inextricably linked, right? You have the neurons and nerve cells, the spinal cord and the brain. It's all connected. You are receiving thousands of messages and relaying thousands of messages 
every single second, right? You are listening to this podcast, you're receiving the information, your brain is processing it, and then you're understanding the words that I'm speaking. But also um, anything that you want to tell your brain or your body to do, your brain then sends that signal out. So it is a two-way street, a two-way communication. If you want to do something, your brain has to tell your body to do it. Your body can't do anything without the brain's permission, without the brain telling it to do that, right? And when we are interacting with our environment, we are receiving all this stimuli, receiving all these messages, which go up our spinal column into our brain, and then we are interpreting it and seeing if it has significance to us. And this happens thousands, millions, so many times, every single second, every single day. And so this is really a two-way street and we really need to recognize that. And so, you know, we may not be able to necessarily influence as much um, what the messages we are receiving in, but we can definitely influence the messages our brain sending to our body. For example, you had to get out your phone to click play on this podcast. Your brain knew that it had to tell the muscles in your arm to contract and to work so it could click that button. But what we don't realize is that everything as well in our system, our brain tells it to do that even if it isn't conscious, right? So pain, for example, it isn't actually a physical sensation. It is a perception. That part of our body that is experiencing pain is just sending signals to the brain. Something is not right. And so our brain is interpreting that. And so we are feeling pain. But that is why a lot of the time, if you want to manage your pain, you can do that through mental processes. So this is the first important thing to understand. If you're experiencing pain, symptoms, illness, your body can't do these things. You can't experience those things without your mind and your brain first telling your body to do that, right? All the hormones and chemicals and everything in our body, our brain first sends a signal, right? It is the boss of our whole entire body. And it first has to give permission before anything can happen below it. So this, once you wrap your head around it, is just so powerful, recognizing how, you know, all the power really is held inside our brain. And if we can unlock that and really use it to our advantage, we can change how we are perceiving and how our body is working. Because ultimately, we can choose how we want to experience life. We can choose how our body works. We can choose to be healthier if we want to, to some extent. And so once we learn how to do that, that's when you become empowered in your own body. I mean, it's a simple right just to be able to really control the processes that are happening in your own body. And so therefore we should be able to do this. But secondly, our minds don't know the difference between reality and our imagination. So this is also so powerful. So when you are visualizing or you're fantasizing or imagining something, your brain is experiencing that as if you're experiencing it in real life. So for example, if you were to run a race or a marathon in your mind, you are essentially running that race and marathon in real life. 
How does this work? It's because our brain, again, releases the same hormones, the same chemicals as if we were running that race. There has been countless studies on this. One of them is that people lifted weights in their mind and then their muscle mass increased. Another one is that, you know, so many successful athletes use this knowledge so that they run the race in their mind thousands of times. So they've done it before, before they step foot onto that track to run it at the Olympic Games. Yes, they practice their race, you know, running the track over and over again, but off the track, they are still running it every single day because they are playing it in their mind. And that's really the power of your mind. Your mind can influence your body to then experience the sensations. And so you have to be really careful, you know, what am I telling my body to experience through the thoughts, through my dreams, my imagination, whatever that's going on, what chemicals is that releasing? Am I in a stress response, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in this episode, but it's really crucial to understand. And people have even died this way. There are stories where people are thinking that they're going to die, believing that they're going to die. And so their body just, you know, it happens, right? Especially if they know that their death is inevitable. How many people have kind of chosen to die or they've just died because, um, you know, they're about to get killed or murdered or executed or something's just going to happen. And then their body just fully passes out and, you know, that ends up being the result and they did that in their own brain out of fear right because they thought it was inevitable and so they caused that reaction it's um, similar to in Australia you know that we have these um, indigenous people called the aboriginals and they used to have this ritual like this cultural thing that they did where if they pointed a bone at you that would mean you're going to die in the next few days. And obviously there's no scientific evidence that pointing a bone at someone means they're going to die, like you're not actually doing anything to their body. It's not like you're poisoning them. But in a few days, whoever had the bone pointed at them, they would be dead. And it's because these people in their culture, they believed, like 100% believed that if someone pointed a bone at you, you were going to die. It was inevitable. And so their brain, out of pure belief, made it happen, right? And so this is the true power. If we can make ourselves believe so much to, you know, kill our own selves, I mean, imagine the power we have to heal our own selves. It goes both ways. And that's what I love about manifestation whenever I teach it is that the law of duality, there are two sides to everything. If you can make the absolute worst happen, you have full capacity to make the absolute best also happen. And this is the power of visualization. So this is one technique that you can use if you desire to create a healthier body, to get rid of pain, to ease symptoms. Visualization is a really, really great way to do that. Even if you want to get fit, right? Going back to the experiment where people lifted weights in their mind and then their muscle mass increased. Visualize what you desire to have. 
Do you want more muscle? Do you want less pain? Do you want less symptoms? Do you want to be fit? Do you want to be healthy? Just visualize yourself doing that. And fun fact, I did this when I was sick and I was bed bound and I could barely walk and I was in so much pain. Subconsciously, you know, I've always been quite an adventurous person. I hate just laying around in bed. I'm very ambitious and I want to get a lot of things done. Just really experience life to the fullest. And so what would happen was in my dreams, I would go on these adventures because I was like, I felt like I was trapped in my own body, right? In real life, I couldn't do anything, but that didn't mean I couldn't have these adventures in my mind. And so at night in my dreams, I didn't force this. It wasn't lucid dreaming, but naturally I would just go on these epic adventures of skiing and hiking and climbing mountains and surfing and diving and jumping out of planes and like doing all these crazy things because my mind wanted it so badly and because I couldn't experience it in real life, it just made it happen in an alternate reality, right? In my dream. And it felt so real, right? Because if we all had these dreams where it just was like, is that a memory or is it a dream? I don't even know. And so that's the power of visualization. And, you know, my body and my mind did that instinctively, but you can also do this intentionally. What is the life I want to live? What is the body I want to have? What does my health look like? visualize that. And when we talk about visualization, don't just be like, oh yeah, thinking about that I'm fit. Like, no, you have to really go in there and live it, right? So when people run their races in their minds, like these Olympians do, it's not just, okay, yeah, running a marathon feels easy. No, it's like, oh my God, I'm running, I'm sweating. My arms hurt, my legs hurt, I'm puffed out. It's like they're full body experience, right? That's when you get the most um, effects when the chemicals are being released. Same thing when that experiment, when they were lifting the weights, like it wasn't just an easy visualization. It was like a full in-depth, like imagine you're strapping on a one of those VR headsets and you are fully immersed in the experience and you cannot tell the difference. And as if it is a real memory, right? When you get out of the visualization, it was so real that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a real life memory and that visualization. So that's a little tip there if you want to visualize and you can also apply this to any area in your life, whether it be health or wealth, finances, career, whatever it is. Visualization is such a powerful tool because our minds don't know the difference between imagination and reality. All right, so that's kind of the first part, right? Knowing that our mind and body, they are really one and our mind doesn't know the difference, right? So you can choose to brainwash your own brain, you know, tap into that boss that's telling our body to be in this certain way and kind of unlock that, unravel everything that's going on and input your own instructions, right? This is the really empowering state, the the empowering way to live because ultimately we are responsible for our own life. And so if we want to change it, we have to target it at the root and change it, right? Live the life that we want to live. But the second part, which is equally as important, which I feel like is not talked about enough, is that our emotions manifest as symptoms. 
often this is how it happens. And I learned this also in university. It's a lot to do with traditional Chinese medicine and body psychology, but essentially, right, if you think about manifestation and energy, right, everything is energy. The energy you put out is energy you receive back. We know with the law of conservation of energy, that energy cannot be created, nor can energy be destroyed. And lastly, we know that emotions are energy. If you look at the word emotion, e motion, energy in motion, that means that if we don't process an emotion, if we suppress an emotion, the energy that it holds cannot be released. And so therefore it is being built up. And so if energy cannot be released or it cannot vanish into thin air, what happens? A lot of the time, it'll try to transmute. It'll transform into a different form to allow itself to be released, right? So emotions are energy. Energy cannot be created nor can be destroyed. And so therefore, what happens to that energy that we've been harboring inside of our body and our system? Often, it then transmutes into a physical symptom or ailment, right? And I've experienced this so, so much and worked with so many clients. When you don't process and allow yourself to feel an emotion, you just get sick, right? It just comes out and the more stressed and the more emotional you are, it seems to like the more symptoms you experience. And we've all had this somewhere or another, right? When we're, you know, heartbroken or all of a sudden we just get sick or something traumatic happens or we have a falling out with our friends. It's like, I feel so ill or we're so, so nervous. And then we feel nauseous and we get a stomach ache and we feel like we're going to puke everywhere, right? This is our body's natural reaction. You are having all this emotional turmoil in our heads and we know our minds and our bodies are linked. So of course, it's going to express outwardly. And whether you see this as a scientific kind of way or whether you see it as like an energetic perspective, it works both ways. But also when it comes down to emotions and symptoms, there is something called body psychology where people mapped out the human body and were able to correlate each part of the body with certain emotions, right? So it gets even deeper than that. So first of all, if you look at the body as a whole, the right side of the body is the external world, right? How you perceive the external world, or people also like to call it the masculine side. But then the other side, the left side of your body is your internal world and your feminine side. So first of all, if you have pain, notice which side of the body is it manifesting as. That's a first clear indicator. Is it something to do with the external world? I am projecting or is it because something is coming within me that is really manifesting and expressing there? But then even deeper than that, there are so many different parts of the body related to different emotions. So I'll give you a few right now. So the jaw the head, so headaches, and the pelvis are all to do with the emotions of feeling judged and not being accepted, feeling stuck. That manifests as jaw pain and headaches and 
pelvic pain. And then the shoulder area, a lot of people get pain there as well. And the small intestine, as well as the lungs are all to do with the feeling of value. So if you're not feeling like you're valuable or worthy, or if you're grieving a lot, it'll manifest in these areas. And so you can link the two together, right? For example, one of my symptoms that I do experience is I get right shoulder pain. So we know shoulder is to do with value, worthiness, grief. The right side is to do with the external world. So probably... What this means is that I am not feeling validated by others. And so therefore, it is manifesting as this shoulder pain. If it was on the left side, it would be I don't value myself. But really with the external world, me feeling like I'm not getting validation from others is an intrinsic um, lack of self-worth. But... Ultimately, that's how you can link it together. And also um, feeling like you need to control everything. That's all to do with like back pain and calf pain. If you're having urinary issues and Achilles pain, that's all to do with control. And then um, the scapula area, the chest area, that's all to do with love, vulnerability, hurt. And lastly, anything to do with indigestion or bloating, like heaviness, that's a lot to do with not prioritizing yourself and putting others first. So that's just a brief rundown of some of the areas of the body and how that relates to emotions, but it is so mind-blowing. And so now every single time I experience a symptom or something's in pain, I'm like, what part of the body is that? What emotions am I experiencing? Is it my external or internal world? What's happening here? Something's triggering it from my mind, right? Remember, we we don't just experience pain for no reason. It's our body trying to communicate with our mind saying, pay attention, pay attention, something's wrong. And so, you know, it's not there to be avoided. And that's why I like to say the body whispers to us all the time, just like our intuition. But if you ignore the whispers, what happens? It's going to scream louder and louder and louder until it gets your attention. And then you'll have no choice but to drop whatever you're doing and fix it, right? But remember, health should be preventative, not reactive. And so we should get into this habit of immediately when we sense anything going wrong, sense any pain, sense any symptom, drop what we're doing, notice what's going on and fix it at the root, right? And so this is really the difference here between Western medicine and kind of holistic approaches. Western medicine is very um, reactive, you know, it's anti, anti anti-inflammatory, antibiotics. When you have the symptom when you are sick we've got a pill for that you know anti-nausea tablet whatever it is but holistic approach rather is why did it happen in the first place how can we prevent this from happening again and before it gets so bad to the point where i have to take medication where i have to get a surgery how can i really target it at the root and release it before it gets to that point so there's just a little kind of comparison between the two and the both are definitely so needed but there are two different ways to kind of go about it which i feel is so interesting and lastly what's super important and 
I would say one of yeah the big factors along with emotions that causes so much sickness and why so many of us have ailments is the big S word and I'm not talking about SH it's stress yes that is right and if you really understand how stress impacts the body you will start to prioritize self-care so much more and first of all stress and emotions are also intertwined because if you think about it when you experience an unpleasant emotion a lot of the time you become stressed right if you think about when you are crying or when you are triggered or something happens emotionally you end up experiencing stress and so that's why i would say emotions and stress the two biggest causative factors to do with health but first of all stress well i could go on a whole i'm like make a whole episode on stress but i'm just going to break it down briefly so first of all stress occurs when our sympathetic nervous system is activated and this is what is called the fight flight freeze response right we've all kind of heard this before it's when you are in the wild and a tiger comes and chases you you are required to have this response so that you either flee the tiger you fight the tiger or you freeze and kind of camouflage and so they hopefully don't see you but we've evolved as human beings and you know we're not really out in the wild there aren't tigers chasing us every single day yet we still have this kind of primitive part of our brains in which we have this response and the thing is is that we've adapted yes but our stress and the way that this um, fight flight response is triggered has also adapted and so yes we are no longer surrounded by tigers and lions who want to eat us but there are daily things that trigger our stress responses and it could be anything because everyone's stress level and tolerance is different so it could be a traffic jam it could be being late it could be being financially in debt it could be anything even having an argument and that's the thing first of all to realize stress to some extent is a choice and you perceive what is stressful and not so you really need to train your brain first of all to not see things or to see everything as a stressful threat right a lot of people especially people with mental health conditions their stress response and their sympathetic nervous system is completely out of whack it's because everything around them is stressful and so they go into overdrive and they have anxiety and they have all these things and so naturally yes that's what your body's meant to do but we can lessen this we can become less stressful just by realizing oh okay just because i'm in a traffic jam this is nothing you know it's not threatening my survival i'm choosing not to feel stressed but why is stress so bad for us you know how does it affect our health well when we stress right in order to flee the tiger or to fight what happens is immediately the hormone cortisol floods our system and all the blood gets pulled from our vital organs and into our extremities or into our muscles right so we can then go and fight so we can flee so we have this pump this rush of adrenaline so we can fight or flee 
But what happens is this in the short term is fine, but in the long term has really drastic and damaging effects. So cortisol, yes, it is needed for when, you know, we need to flee or we have something um, major occurring, but long term, this hormone of cortisol suppresses the immune system. And remember, most people are operating on a consistent low dose of stress because in the society that we live in now, because of the world we live in now, there are constantly things bombarding us and stimuli and, and triggering our stress response, you know? Our boss yelling at us, us not hitting our deadline, um, us not handing in an assignment or forgetting someone's birthday or not picking up the phone, like all these things. It's like stress, 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 stress. And then cortisol is just getting pumped out and our immune system is just under attack. It is suppressed, right? Because that's what stress does. Immune system isn't important when we're running from a tiger. Neither is digestion. What's more important is that our muscles are able to function. And so that's what happens. It slows and inhibits our natural healing abilities, right? Our immune system, we understand how important it is. And that's why so many people, the moment that they stop and they relax a little bit, you know, their immune system has been suppressed for all this time and they just get sick. I used to be one of those people every term after um, term ends and the school holidays, I would catch a cold. Like it was, I could predict it, right? And that's because I was operating on on all the time, buzzing all the time. Remember, stress isn't necessarily a state of overwhelm. Stress is perceived, right? You can be stressed sitting there and just thinking about being stressed. And so stress really is when you're feeling that on, feeling like buzzing, like you just can't really calm down. You're kind of just like jittery and Stress can be both ways, which is kind of confusing as well. But when you are excited and ecstatic and just like too crazy happy, you are also triggering a stress response, right? The adrenaline is flowing in there, cortisol is flowing in there. So it doesn't matter if it is a positive stress response or a negative stress response, same chemical reactions, same hormones going on. And so when you go to the theme park and you ride a roller coaster, yes, you are in a state of stress. When you win the lottery because you are so excited, yes, you're in a state of stress. And so you can see how our society is built where it's just like, yes, we're no longer living in the wild, but stress, 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 stress. It's just bombarding us. And so naturally we've weakened our bodies. And so this low dosage of stress and suppressing our immune system, of course, our body can't heal as it usually does. Our bodies, the magical thing about it is that it's made to heal. We are self-healing. We are made to survive, right? If you cut your finger in a few weeks time, you know, skin grows back, you've got a scab, whatever, and then it heals. And But why are we starting to get so sick? Why are we starting to get all these symptoms? Why does everyone have all these ailments that just like weren't as prominent so many years ago? It's because we're not allowing our bodies to heal itself because of all the stress and the emotions 
and not taking control of our minds. And so you can see how, wow, really health is not a physical thing at all. It really comes and stems from a mental place. And so I'm going to now give you some tips on how you can heal your body through everything that we now know and have learned today through our mind and body being inextricably linked and our emotions um, causing stress responses. Here is how you can use manifestation to heal your body. So first of all is visualization. So I touched upon this a bit before. You know, visualize yourself as the dream person you want to be. You know, visualize the body, visualize the health, visualize being pain-free, whatever it is. So for example, if you can't get out of bed, visualize yourself being able to walk without pain. Visualize yourself being able to do the, all the activities that you want to do. But also, now that we know how stress occurs, visualize yourself calming down, right? Visualize you just like activating or down-regulating your nervous system. Parasympathetic nervous system is you know, now activated and cortisol is just, you know, being flushed out of the system. And one tip as well, exercise actually really helps with stress because it uses up your stress hormones. If you're already in a state of stress, exercise is really good for that. But really visualizing yourself calming down because remember our mind, our body, it doesn't know the difference between imagination and real life. And so therefore, if you can visualize and imagine yourself getting stressed and, and the stress hormones are released, it also goes opposite way. Remember, there's two sides of the spectrum. So you could imagine yourself on a beautiful beach in Hawaii, you know, so chill. And then all of a sudden, your stress response starts to fade away, right? And so visualize yourself being calm, take yourself away from whatever stressful situation you are in, wherever you are, your mind is a safe haven. It doesn't matter, you know, what external circumstances are happening. It doesn't matter what your surroundings are. You have the power of your mind to create whatever you want. And there's this beautiful quote, which says, the mind is its own place and can make a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven. And so it is really your own choice and decision to make it whatever you want. Your mind can be a hell if you want it to be a hell, but it can also be a beautiful, tranquil, serene heaven. And so that's the very first technique that I'm sharing with you today, visualization. But the next one is just dealing with your emotions, right? Really understanding um, how emotions are valid, right? We wouldn't have emotions if they weren't here to be experienced, if they weren't okay to be felt. And so the very first thing, if you want to really get in control of your emotions and not let your emotions control your life, because I've definitely been there. First of all, recognize that, yes, emotions are here for a reason. There is no emotion that is better than another emotion. I actually don't like calling emotions positive and negative because I don't see any emotion as not worthwhile. Like it's there for a reason, as I said. But also recognizing that we generate our own emotions. Remember, we are the boss of our own life and no one can make you feel anything. Nothing can make you feel anything. You choose to feel how you want to feel. And I know in the midst of it, it doesn't feel like a choice, right? Because we're so provoked, but it happens in a split second. But if you really take a step back, 
remove yourself from the situation and think, how do I want to respond or how do I want to react? You can notice that you can change how you want to feel just by choice. And so getting used to experiencing and processing any emotion that comes up. Because remember, emotions aren't what cause stress. Emotions aren't what cause symptoms. It's the undealt with, suppressed emotions that manifest. Because remember, if energy is being used up, if energy is moving through you, it's not being suppressed. And so therefore, it's not going to transmute. And so therefore, what we need to do is allow the energy to flow through us. I like to say we are a conduit for the emotions, for the energy. We are channeling it, but we are not the energy. We are not the emotions. We are none of these things. We are just us. And so when the emotion comes through, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's unpleasant positive or negative or whatever you like to label it it is just a feeling that we are experiencing feel that in our body acknowledge that it's there don't get carried away though and then release it and go on and that's going to happen again and again and again it's really just not allowing yourself to get stuck on the emotion right what you resist persists i love that quote as well right because when you resist an emotion when you don't want to feel an emotion because it's so icky and gross and it feels uncomfortable what's going to happen it's just going to persist. It's going to stay there longer. An emotion will never leave you until you deal with it. That's the number one thing, guys. Like if you want to handle your emotions, recognize that this unpleasant feeling, it's not going to go away if you suppress it. It's only going to go away if you feel it. Once you feel something, you kind of get bored of it, kind of goes away. The energy is used up and then bye, there it goes, right? So that's the trick when it comes to emotions. So powerful once you realize this and once you realize that all you need to do is process the emotion. Yes, all you need to do is feel it. It just becomes so easy. Next is learning to calm the nervous system. Again, so, so important. We can't be consistently in this state of on all the time. It is so unhealthy. The way that affects our body, this is the biggest contributing factor to illness. I, I really, really believe that. And so find ways to calm the nervous system. Honestly, it's not going to be one way, but think about what are those activities that just make you feel so calm and zen. Remember, it's not about feeling happy. Happy doesn't mean you're not stressed. Stress is whenever you're feeling like on, I just like to call it on because that's just kind of what it feels like. When you're not stressed, it's kind of relaxed and zen. A lot of people get in this mood where it's like, when I'm so happy and excited, I'm not stressed. No, you're still stressed because that excitement is causing you to have adrenaline and that's causing you to stress, right? It's causing the same hormones to come out into your body, even though you're not feeling unpleasantly. And so I like to kind of think of, you know, a monk, like that is how you're supposed to feel. Like you don't have to turn into a monk, but just like that feeling of just absolute, complete, utter Zen. And so you can do this through a variety of ways. But again, I don't believe there's one way for me that is journaling, meditating, having a bath, lighting a candle, pulling some oracle cards, crystals, deep breathing. As you can see, I actually have a list of things that helps me calm my nervous system. Um, and so that's what I do and try and incorporate some activities every single day. But again, I, there's no one way. Like some people, they'll sit down and meditate and their nervous system will get more activated because they just absolutely hate it so much. And so you just need to find, and you know, like you've been there, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a woo-woo practice. You don't have to go under the full moon and sage and 
put out your crystals. Like it can be as simple as walking in nature. And so it's really um, important to understand what makes you feel good. And you've done that previously. You don't need to find it. You just need to remember. Then there is affirmation. So this is so so powerful and I actually didn't tell this story um, in the beginning but why I recorded this podcast is one of my friends she has been having or experiencing a lot of symptoms especially lately she has been using her inhaler for um, over 30 years now she has asthma she's had a terrible cough um, for quite a few months and she has digestive issues. It's like a lot is going on and she's been going through this path of healing. She's now seeing a naturopath, but it's taken years and years and years. And it's only now getting better. And she asked for some of my advice because one thing she noticed is that she has a lot of food allergies or inflammation, but even though she's avoiding the foods that cause her inflammation, now and again, certain foods will then just come up and she'll start to react to them even though before it was fine. And she asked for my advice and I said, what is your emotional state that day when you feel really reactive? And she was like, oh my gosh, I understand now that it's my emotions, it's my stress levels causing me to react. Because again, you cannot digest if you are in stress response. Your digestion is literally inhibited. And so she started using this affirmation saying, I am safe. Every single time she ate food, she said, I can digest, I'm safe and really calmed her nervous system, calmed her mind and believed that she could eat the foods that she wanted to eat. She just kept saying this over and over again, like a mantra. And she said, within a week, her digestion improved so much. She was getting less inflamed and she was able to get off her inhaler that she'd been having and using for 30 years after only a week of saying this one affirmation i posted this on my instagram stories you guys all loved it and this other girl also said that she used the same affirmation when she was experiencing period cramps and they just went away no painkillers or anything just this one affirmation because you are telling your body i'm safe i am fine i'm not stressed i'm calm and then it just goes away. And I use the same exact thing when I'm experiencing period cramps. I say, you know, that affirmation, I am calm, I'm safe, and I really release all the tension there. And so you can use whatever affirmation feels good. You can use the one, I'm safe. That's a really good one. Just saying I'm safe in my body, but it's more about how the affirmation makes you feel. So pick an affirmation that you really resonate with and that makes you feel calm when you say it and so whenever you are experiencing pain or before you eat something before you know um, you're probably gonna feel sick because you always do just keep repeating this affirmation and it can you as you've seen by these two stories it can really have drastic effects really really quickly but lastly and most importantly you just need to pay attention to your body right? You need to cultivate a really loving and intimate relationship with your physical body and start to be able to identify any patterns and correlating things together. This is what really helped me out of all the things, you know, you can't implement any techniques if you don't understand the underlying root cause. As I said, my friend started to recognize that it was those days when she was stressed 
that she started to experience inflammation. And so just that one correlation, seeing that relationship now gives her the power to use that information and do what she can with it to help her health. And so ultimately, if you don't know where your symptoms are coming from or what's the root cause or what's going on, it's just really difficult. Like you can say all the affirmations you want, but remember, if you target it at the root cause, that is going to be so much more powerful than any other technique or mindless thing that you do. So ultimately, just understanding that awareness is the very first step to change, you need to be aware. And so that's when things started to shift for me. I started to notice, yeah, I couldn't digest foods when I was stressed. I started to get pain when I was stressed, when I was emotionally out of whack. I started to experience symptoms and that I started to experience period pain when I wasn't resting, when I wasn't connected to my femininity because the reproductive system is all about feminine energy. And so now I'm not saying I don't experience symptoms or that I don't um, get pain. Of course, I feel those things. We are human, but I don't let it persist because I'm all about taking preventative measures. So whenever I experience pain or a symptom arises where I start feeling a little bit sick, even if I start getting the tiniest tingly feeling in the back of my throat you know the few days before you get sick it's like the sickness is looming it's like it's about to come I immediately do what I can target at the root court what happened was I stressed the past couple of days was I emotionally you know upset have I been thinking the wrong things all of that and then most importantly rest I can't reiterate this enough the power of rest for the physical body remember our bodies are fully capable of healing itself give itself the time give yourself the chance just rest and your immune system will then be able to do its job all we have such incredible it's so intricate our body and we have such incredible power it's made you know our bodies are made to survive and so Whenever I'm feeling anything, sick, tired, doesn't matter what it is, first I figure out what was going on in my mind. But ultimately, I just take a break, take take rest. I allow myself to stop stressing again, downregulate the nervous system, do what I have to do, and a couple of days later, I'll be fine. And that's why I've really prevented myself from getting sick or ill or having chronic pain. Like, yeah, I'll get symptoms now and then, but after I rest, they'll be gone. So that's really the thing. It's not that I am superhuman. It's not that I am immune to all illnesses, nothing like that. It's just that I you know, target it at the root. And as I said, preventative measures is so much more important. As we know, just the basic things like exercise, drink a lot of water, making sure you're doing all that. But ultimately, as you can see from everything that I've talked about today, the power of your thoughts and the stress response and your emotions the role that they play in your health and how if you change your thoughts, change your mind, change your beliefs, how you can really heal your body and shift your health. In just three years, I was able to go from, you know, chronically ill to thriving and 
so healthy because of, yes, I was going through my protocols and whatever it is that I needed to do at the time, but combined with a lot of mental work. And and once I actually discovered manifestation at the same time, that's when my healing journey um, really kicked off. So I, I can definitely see that correlation then. I've healed so many things from, you know, having bacterial overgrowths in my in- stomach and intestines to pain, to period pain, to cystic acne. Like I can go on and on and on about the things, even, you know, food intolerances and allergies. And I was so, so sick. I had a multitude of things wrong with me. And now it's like, yeah, a little shoulder pain, a little this and that, but nothing at all. No real sickness or ailment or illness going on. Also, if you are interested in working me, I thought it would be a great opportunity to announce that I have a few one-on-one power hour sessions available if you wanted to be coached by me and manifest your dream life. This could be for health, wealth, business, relationship, whatever it is, I have helped women all over the world tap into their innate manifesting powers and fast track their progress. So if you are interested in that, definitely head to the show notes to book a session. So I really hope you loved this episode. It's been a long one, but this is something I'm so passionate about, if you can tell. And so I hope that you took a thing or two out of this and maybe this can kickstart your own healing journey when it comes to your thoughts and your beliefs, shifting the way that you live your life and taking control back of your health. Because remember, you are the one who is powerful enough to change your life. So thank you once again for tuning in to my podcast. I am so excited. If you have any more episodes or topics that you want me to talk about, definitely message me or DM me on Instagram. I am at katie.wilkinson with two N's. We can always continue the conversation over there. All right, guys, I can't wait to see you next week in the next episode. And remember to always stay abundant.